0: Welcome to Slaking Thirst, a podcast that's all about bringing the thirst deep within our hearts for love and communion to the heart of Christ, a divine heart, who is seeking our love and communion in return. The hope is that the two thirsts would meet and both thirsts would be slaked. Our second reading today is from the letter of St. Peter. So it's the first address from a Pope. St. Peter's the first Pope. This is his first address to the people. And this is what he says at the beginning of this letter. Blessed be God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who in his great mercy gave us a new birth to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Great mercy, new birth, living hope. How? From Jesus, risen from the dead. So I think you've heard it, but in case you haven't connected the dots, the good news is Jesus rose from the dead. He's not dead anymore. He's alive. He's a a right now. He fills all times and places. Nothing contains him. He's not a historical figure unless you're watching the History Channel, which views things apart from many other facts that they could factor in. But he's a right now. He can speak to you. Many of us can claim we've spoken to him. We've met him. That's real. That's alive. And it's weird. And if we try to get rid of the weirdness of it, we lose something of the truth of it all. Because we don't claim that about any other figures. We all claim our loved ones are, quote-unquote, in a better place. But Jesus is alive in a whole different way. He's resurrected. They're still waiting for their resurrected bodies. But he is Lord of heaven and earth, fills all things. And the first pope wanted everyone to know that because of this, you and I have a new birth. You and I have new life, a new existence. And it's a life and it's a birth, it's an existence bathed in two qualities. Mercy and hope. Hope. Hope is always moving forward. We have a God who's always moving us forward. Pope Francis just said recently, he said, where is your hope? Is your hope rolled away behind a stone in the past? That's not a living hope, which St. Peter says today. You've been given a new birth to a living hope. Living hopes aren't in the past. The past is dead. Living hopes are right now moving us forward into a life of mercy and confidence and peace because we follow one who is stronger than death. So let's begin with mercy since it's divine mercy. I think most of us, if we're honest, we think of mercy as I deserve to be spanked or put in timeout but I'm still allowed to have dinner so that's good news. So that must be some sort of what Jesus is like with me. He's supposed to hit me uh, or be mad at me or make my life miserable but since he doesn't, It must be because he's merciful. That's really good news. And there's an element to strict justice, all right, which is to say, like, cold, strict justice, I deserve punishment. And mercy is a warmth that goes beyond that. But if we're actually going to understand mercy, we have to understand the Hebrew notion of mercy. In the Hebrew language, mercy is in a constellation of other words that connect to the word mercy womb. A woman's womb has the connotation of mercy, which means mercy is always about generating new life. Mercy is about giving us a new beginning. And this is why for the first pope, he says in his great mercy, he gave us a new birth, a birth of living hope. So you can see how these things are connected. Hope and popes are a big thing. Our modern popes have been speaking about hope a lot. And so what I want us to do is, I I maybe went a little quote happy here this morning, but I want us to really soak in. And if you're one of those people that's like, I need to know that quote and have it exact, maybe just honor that, but maybe put that on the side this morning. All the homilies are on the podcast, you can listen to them and you can search them out on the internet, that's how I found them. But let's begin with St. John the 23rd. Many of you of different generations know him well. He was the one who called forth the Vatican Council, Second Vatican Council. And he was known to be a very positive, happy guy, very large, very funny man. And uh, they one time asked a reporter asked him, how many people work in the Vatican? He said, about half. (laughs) So a man of quick wit, all right, all these things. Since you like that, I'll tell another story. He, uh, there was a papal gathering, and a woman was dressed rather immodestly, and he called a waiter over, and he said, can you give that woman an apple and tell her she reminds me of the first fall of man? <laughs> so there you have it, a pope of great sense of humor, a guy who knew humanity was messy and rough around the edges and wasn't scandalized by it, but could laugh and keep us focused on Jesus. This is what he says to all of us in the church. Pope John XXIII said, Consult not your fear, but your dreams and hopes. Not your failures, but your unfulfilled potential. Consult not your fear, but your dreams and your hopes. I've been doing a lot of reflecting now that we're kind of out of the pandemic and things like this. And what did I learn from the pandemic? I have six things I've been working through and writing and reflecting on and journaling about, but one of the things I learned is that we can only handle so much disappointment before our hope shrivels. Young people especially suffered from this. I can't wait to go to homecoming. Oh, no homecoming. I can't wait to see family at Christmas. Oh, no Christmas gathering. I hope for a really good birthday. Oh, we can't have one this year because everyone's nervous and there's another outbreak. You can only handle hope that leads to disappointment so often before you just say things like, well, we'll see what happens. I understand when we've lived life a long time and you say, well, we'll see what happens because you know disappointment. But when I start hearing kids in our middle school and high school youth group nervous to have hope and excitement because of how much disappointment they've suffered, that's sad. is born of encountering the merciful love of God. And it has the power and guarantee of God. Hope gets us in touch with God's plans. And so that Pope says, consult not fear, but hopes. John Paul II says this, It is Jesus that you seek when you dream of happiness. It is Jesus who stirs in you the desire to do something great with your lives, The will to follow an ideal. The refusal to allow yourself to be ground down by mediocrity. John Paul II wanted us to know that he's alive in your heart. It's not just some naive desire and hope. It's Jesus stirring in you to begin again. It's Jesus stirring in you to keep moving forward, to never give up, to strive for greatness and holiness, to live a life of beauty and meaning and love and virtue. It's him who keeps moving in us so we don't have a status quo. How could he do that if he's dead? He's dead. He couldn't. It's because he's alive. It's because we're Easter people. Benedict XVI wrote a whole document on Pope. Pope. He wrote it about himself. He was bored one day and said, I think you should know this about me. A whole document on hope. And it's called Space Salvi. And in there, he says, the Lord awakens hope and desire, not in a meaningless way, but to draw us to fulfillment. And he says, another name for fulfillment is eternal life, the supreme moment of satisfaction. I think you and I think of eternal life as simply a life that goes on forever in heaven. And that may be good or bad depending on the kind of day you're having. But Pope Benedict wants to say is God awakens hope and desire because he wants to fulfill you. He wants to fulfill you. Heaven is the supreme moment of satisfaction. Fulfillment. That's hope. And finally, Pope Francis says this. Do not surrender to the night. Our first enemy is not outside, but within us. Do not give space to bitter, obscure thoughts. The world is the first miracle of God. God, placed the grace of new wonders in your hands. Faith and hope go together. Believe in the existence of the loftiest and most beautiful truths. Trust in God, in the Holy Spirit who moves everything towards good. Trust in the embrace of Christ who awaits everyone. Believe that he awaits you. Pope after Pope after Pope. Trying to fight against the negative, bitter, cynical, underlying belief that's in every news channel, that's on all social media, that's in our little side comments to family and friends, because we don't know how to deal with everything going on. In an Easter season, God's ringing a bell to get our attention that the one fact that changes all things is he's alive. And he loves you. And he knows you. He has mercy on us and our weakness. <coughs> Excuse me. Allergies, Northeast Ohio. <clears throat> so my first or second weekend here, I had been asked by a lot of you for several weeks straight, what are your plans for St. Basil's? What's your goal here? What's your mission? And I couldn't tell you guys at the time, uh, but I hadn't even thought of that. I was too busy trying to figure out uh, which key opened doors and what it meant to be a pastor. I had never thought of that before. So I had some things I had to think through before that, but I did read this quote at masses, and I want to share it with you today again. This is from John Paul II. If anyone wishes to understand himself, they must assimilate Jesus into every part of their life. Not just a religious time on Sundays. Finances, work, school, friends, social media, family dynamics, grocery stores, banks, restaurants. We must be a part of every part of our life. John Paul II says, if you and I do this, not only will adoration of God come forth in our hearts, but wonder and amazement at ourselves. And he goes on to say, the name for the amazement at each person's worth is called Christianity or the gospel. And it determines the church's mission in the world. So let me share with you today on Divine Mercy Sunday my hopes for St. Basil the Great. I dream of a parish where everyone seeks to encounter Jesus as a gift because he will tell you who you truly are. He will unlock your identity. It will not be defined by weaknesses, mistakes, your family of origin, political spheres, successes, failures, degrees, or finances. The God of the universe in Jesus will tell you who you are. I will dream of a parish where he can help men and women, young and old, see that in their relationship with Jesus, they will finally know how to see a person. They will be able to see people they encounter not as roles they play in organizations, but as infinite, unrepeatable images of God worthy of Jesus dying and rising for. They will see themselves and every man and woman they encounter not through political labels or through clothes they wear or shapes of their body or different categories on internet media or in our society, but they will see them through the very heart of Jesus and recognize they are wanted by God and God knows how frail we are. And so our parish not only will see the greatness of each other, we'll also be moved to be kind, understanding, encouraging, and merciful because we'll know how weak we are. We will not throw stones, but we will offer hands to help each other get up not out of some sort of sentimentality of it's nice to be nice, but because we will see the dignity of the unrepeatableness of a person. I have a hope for a parish where people come here not to do a religious checkbox, but to be renewed in the dignity that God gave them and then to be equipped to carry that vision into schools, into workplaces, into the way that we are bosses, employees, family members, friends, that we will not be content with unforgiveness in our hearts, but we will seek reconciliation when appropriate. We will want to spend hours with God in prayer because it's not boring, but it's where we are loved the most and we find out who we are. In discovering who we are, we can freely give it as a gift to others and help them discover it as well. This is a desire and hope of mine that I had no idea the words for three years ago. But after being with you, I now know that because I've seen it happening. And so maybe all of us this week can open our own hearts and find out those dreams and desires maybe we've stifled, maybe we've forgotten. But if he's risen and there's nothing but mercy and hope coming from God, it is right and just that we spend time listening to those hopes sharing them with the Lord, and saying like the blessed mother, thy will be done. Amen.